right? Okay. So I realized I sucked. I was really bad at selling phones, okay. but I really enjoyed talking to people. Yeah. And I remember getting really, really scolded by my then manager. Like, what are you doing? A lady in a vegetable stall can sell more than what you can sell. <laughs> what did I really pick up from my years in advertising? And a lot of it was through my travels, right? I remember once I took 20 days <laughs> and he was like trying to call come me and like, it's somewhere. time for you to come back, <laughs> right? Hi there and welcome to yet another episode of The Learning Curve done by Snapark Global. Today I have with me Murtaza Tajpoy. Murtaza, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, Murtaza is a um, advertising uh, titan in his own right with over 20 years of experience in the industry uh, and he is currently at Stax, a global consulting firm working on management and strategy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And good job on my name. <laughs> Not many people can get it right the first time. <laughs> yeah, I also have that sort of issue with Jashan. You know, a lot of people say Jagger Sodhi. Right. So like <laughs> completely relate and I'm particularly on pronouncing it right. Absolutely. So um, let me start things off by asking you post school, yeah. you know where your career really started. I know advertising two decades ago is not as glamorous and, you know, not kind of the industry that many parents would have been like, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> so what was uh, your decision? Like, where did that come from to start advertising? And how has that led you to where you are today? Because I had nothing else, nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> It was the easiest thing to fall into. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, if I go back a little bit, but before that, let me kind of start by saying, this is the first time I'm on a podcast. So everything that I say here really okay. <laughs> is, um, I think it's more of a platform for um, all the learnings that I've had from the people throughout my career, right? So I'm okay. using this more as a platform to share the wisdom that they have shared with me. Uh, okay. That being said, because I don't think my story is really interesting. No, no, no. <laughs> we beg to differ. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, so if I go back a little bit before I started in advertising, right? I, I want to kind of touch upon my experience at school because I think that's important to mm -hmm. this whole thought of uh, how you sometimes need to put yourself in uncomfortable positions just to learn and grow, Yeah. right? Yeah. So I always, when I look back to my school, feel that my school was, school years were quite comfortable, right? Right. Uh, I, if I think of myself, uh, as an animal, I think like think of myself as a hedgehog, okay. I would curl myself up into a little ball right. and hide in the library. Oh, okay. Right. And that's essentially what I remember from my school days. Okay. Right. So it was always that space, safe space for me to, you know, typically, uh, yeah. explore new worlds and, mm. and get lost in, in, uh, in the world of books when uh, everything around me was chaos and yeah. you know how school is, right? I wanted to be away from all of that, right? So that hence sure. my sort of introverted personality, at least in the beginning um, part of my years, of my school days. And I think that fact that I was so comfortable and I liked comfort, I liked familiarity. As soon as I left school, I wanted to get away from that, Okay. right? I wanted to try different things. So I wanted to like break out. Something completely new. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, when I think back um, to the kind of books I read, right, it was all about fantasy. It was all about right. adventure, Wilbur Smith and Terry Pratchett and nice. Lord of the Rings and Hobbit. And, you know, yeah. it was all about adventure. Adventure. Yeah. It was new worlds, new excitement. And I was like, hey, look, my life has been so comfortable so far. I want to try all of those things. Mm. So that's kind of what spurred me on 
And again, looking back, it was that feeling of putting myself into situations where I'm not that familiar with, and that was exciting, yeah. right? So even before I got into advertising, and and these experiences kind of helped me in my advertising career. First thing I did was uh, after leaving school, I joined a metal band. Wow, <laughs> I did not see that coming. Exactly <laughs> okay. right. Yes. Uh, and and um, I was part of the then not so famous. A band which became famous after I left. I always like to Can say. Can I ask the name? <laughs> uh, Stigmata. No way. Yeah, oh, wow. I was one of the founding members, but this That's... was so long ago. We were right. not even known by the name Stigmata. We yeah. had a completely different name. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the original members. Uh, are, are, what were well, you? A vocalist or as like? A I was a bassist because that was the easiest thing to pick up. Yeah. So it was in CIM that I met a guy by the name of Harsha, who got me excited about advertising. Right, and and he was. Talking about the glamour, you know, the yeah. parties, the fun, right. you know, all of that that you that yeah. you just rightly yeah. said, advertising had that whole yeah. aura of that excited me as it would anybody, mm. right? So like, okay, this seems interesting, and uh, yeah, I literally opened again. I'm uh, kind of uh, giving you a hint of my age. Uh, I opened the yellow pages. Okay. And I applied to every single agency that was there in the yellow pages and eventually got a job at Leo Burnett. Wow, that's fascinating. I like to pick up on one thing you said about um, the learnings that you got in those uncomfortable situations. I think uh, you were quite fortunate to discover that you like certain creative pursuits and you were not afraid to do it, you mm-hmm. know, regardless of what how perfect you are in doing them. Uh, those are key risks. I think anyone, uh, a young person at that age would have taken. Um, but talking a bit about the people that shaped you at that time, mm-hmm. uh, were there key figures that you think maybe perhaps your parents or anyone in the family or maybe your friends that said, you know, you should do it. Yeah. I, I think I always had the, the, so two things. One, I think I had the travel bug from my father. Okay. Right. Uh, he would enjoy spending more time out in the outdoors mm. than be at home. Right. So he's literally walked from Colombo to Candy multiple times, slept in temples, walked, walked, <laughs> walked, walked okay, wow. right. He was from Candy. Uh, my brother and my uncles have been part of the scouting movement. Yes. Right. So they're constantly out there in nature. Camping. They used to go for jamborees and camping and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. So I've got that, I think, from them. And I think my mom, right? She was always like, oh yeah, okay, go do it. Do it. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and, and see whether you enjoy. She was always encouraging. Like if I don't come home for two days, she's <laughs> going to be like, okay, fine, whatever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's not often. I think uh, in Sri Lankan context, but I know. that's amazing. She was, like, she was, fabu- fabu- she was fabulously supportive uh, of, of whatever I did. Yeah. And always pushing me to, you know, try explore. something different, explore. do something, explore, yeah. take a risk, do something I've not done before. Yeah. So you entered the advertising, uh, the field, um, and you were there for quite some time, considerable yeah. amount of time, I would say. Uh, what were some of the, I guess, opportunities or challenges that you experienced throughout that journey? Yeah. Uh, if I can mention, it was over two decades, if I'm not right, of being in the advertising field. Uh, you started out like as, boy, were you a designer? Were you more into copywriting? And uh, what were some of those projects that really shaped who you are? Um, so I joined advertising after spending about three months selling mobile phones. No. At that time, okay. uh, the the phone that everybody was really crazy about was called the Alcatel One Touch. 
Right. It was the first color phone. No, I remember seeing it. Yeah. And it was the first phone that allowed you to send SMSs. Okay. And I think it had a battery that lasted for three days. Right. <laughs> okay. So I realized I sucked. I was really bad at selling That's phones, okay. but I really enjoyed talking to people. Right. So I would spend like hours in front of a customer, yeah. but I would walk back into office with Without a single phone <laughs> sold. Yeah. And I remember getting really, really scolded by my then manager. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Uh, uh, and he literally told me a lady in a vegetable stall can sell more than what you can sell. <laughs> harsh. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. harsh. So I knew I was never going to be in a sales job. Yeah. So advertising was interesting. Uh, when I joined in 2000, I joined as a trainee. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do, mm. right? Because I had obviously no experience doing advertising. I remember uh, our client then uh, was Odell. And the first job that I had to do was buy saplings right uh from ratmalana from the nursery over there okay. because they were having an event at uh, odell okay. uh, on tree planting day wow right okay. so i had to i had to make the deal i had to close the deal i had to arrange transport for like right. 300 saplings I, wow. I still remember that experience which was quite quite fun i was like okay this is what advertising is i can do this <laughs> yeah. um and but i think my my looking back what i really sort of experienced and learned from in my years in advertising was um firstly i had an amazing boss ranil de silva right he was my mentor and mm-hmm. he's like the guru of advertising here in sri lanka so i was very lucky to learn from him the thing though what he really did was he really encouraged us to travel and that's like i'm thinking i was thinking about this right what did i really pick up from my years in advertising and a lot of it was through my travels, right? So we would, for example, go for these award festivals. We would go for yeah. these conferences. We would go for seminars. We would go for client meetings overseas. Overseas, right? yeah. And uh, he would always say, take a few extra days off. Explore. Explore and come back, right? Yeah. I remember once I took 20 days <laughs> and he was like trying to call <laughs> me. and like, it's now. time for you to come back, <laughs> right? Right. Um, but I think it was through travel that I've really learned the most that I've learned uh, in advertising. And of course, along with travel comes yeah. the people that you meet, yeah. the experiences that you have, and so yeah. on and so forth, right? That has been amazing memories. As much as, um, you know, the people that you work with, the brands you worked with, the industries yeah. you worked on, and so on and so forth. But all of that put together, I think it's those memories that I have from travel that really stay with me. If I can, like, put you on the spot here for a little bit. Yeah. And ask in your years of traveling abroad, yeah, what were some of the countries that really stood out to you in terms of the people that you met, the food that you tried, or the experience that you had yeah. that really you know you, you carry with you every day? Okay. Yeah. So it's it's not so much the countries that I've visited that really stay with me, but what I did and how I traveled. Okay. Right. I didn't know this about me at the time, but. Uh, the way I travel, for example, what I would do is I would reach out, let's say I'm going to France or Malaysia or yeah. India or any any country, right? Sure. Yeah. I would reach out to somebody and say, hey, look, I'm coming there for two days. Can I stay at your place? Okay. And they literally say that, look, I have a couch. That's all I have. Yeah. Are you okay with sleep that? In the hall. Absolutely. Yeah. I sleep in the hall. Yeah. So I r- realized that there's a network of people around the world, yeah. which I was able to access through this organization called Couchsurfing. If you've oh, never heard of it. No, right? I haven't. Okay. So it's really cool. It's like Facebook, but right. it's for travelers where you reach out, you log in, you you. It's like Airbnb before Airbnb? Well, Airbnb still <laughs> exists, yeah, except shared. that here you don't pay. 
You don't right. pay a cent. So they're like volunteering their space. Exactly. For anyone. And likewise, I did the same. Okay. okay. Right. So I Sri had Lanka. like over, yeah. I don't know, five, six years, I've had 20, 30 people from all over the world stay with me, just oh, like wow. I have stayed with people wherever I have traveled to. And that has been so amazing. Wow. Um, so that's, that's one thing, right? Yeah. It's not that I wanted to be cheap. It's just that I found the experience of living with somebody Someone, yeah. so much more um, rewarding than, than staying in a hotel. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, another experience I had was um, after visiting Cannes, um, yeah. I went to some random place in the middle of France yeah. in the countryside. And, and the deal was you work in my farm and I will give you free food and lodging. What sort of farm was this? Uh, so <laughs> it was uh, something called permaculture. I'd never, I didn't know what permaculture is. Yeah, right? I think it's a new learning for our audience as well. <laughs> so <laughs> essentially permaculture is growing, um, growing whatever you're growing, whatever crop you're growing, but in the most natural way possible. Like with less uh, like uh, fertilizers? Not just that, not that. Okay. right? So imagine walking through a forest, right? You right. get all kinds of plants, you get hundreds yeah, and hundreds mixed, thousands yeah. maybe of different species yeah and it's not like you get rows of bananas followed by rows of coconuts followed yeah. by rows of cabbage or whatever right Wild, everything is everything, everywhere yeah everywhere so yeah. that's the same principle in permaculture oh, right? right you let one plant support another plant so wow. so you'll have a mint plant yeah uh, next to a cabbage plant next to a brinjal plant next to a tomato plant wow right and and in the natural world yeah what happens is that one plant helps another plant. So if the leaves mm -hmm. from, for example, a spearmint fall down onto the ground, mm -hmm. that protects the, the cabbage from insects coming and attacking it. No way. Wow. This is new. Right. So, so it was amazing. <laughs> so I had a, a like maybe half an acre of land that I had to dig of. and take care of and help this person. Uh, but but it was amazing. Like she took me in like as though I was her son. Right. Wow. And I spent time with them. 10 days just kind of mushroom plucking mm. visiting music festivals going rock climbing with them like wow. it was unbelievable and every night was really cool because every night they would have dinner they would have a meal they would invite their friends over every night it was and then they would at the end of the day end of the meal they would kind of pull whatever instruments they had and sing <laughs> No TV. No this sounds like a this sounds like a TV show. Honestly, it, it you was the movie. <laughs> absolutely, it was deep rural. I can't even yeah. tell you the name right. of, <laughs> of the place because I don't know where it was. I took a train, I took a bus, and I, I literally, I think I took a train, a bus, and I had to hitchhike to, to get, get to her place. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so worth it. Like especially because you got to meet the locals, live with the locals, and experience their culture. Um, and this was before. I guess smartphones were a big distraction in that sense, right? I mean, so, even if smartphones were a distraction, yeah. it wouldn't work there. It wouldn't. <laughs> and we wouldn't know what to do. No <laughs> network. But yeah. uh, that's incredible. So I like that you uh, spoke a lot about traveling yeah. and what you learn when you travel. I think this is something like even uh, those watching uh, back at home can really start to explore yeah. because there's something you gain from traveling that school or university or any book can't teach you and i'll tell you so we actually applied that to our work during advertising right okay. we almost made it a mandate that every month we would go out right. and we called it the dirty feet program we'll get our feet dirty okay yeah. so and this was while i was in advertising so i take a team with me and we'll go to all parts of the country we'll take a bus we'll take a train right uh we'll go visit a rural village we'll talk to farmers mm. in wherever you know part of the the country that we are 
And it's not research. We just want to understand how they live their life. What gives them joy? What gives them pain? What are their frustrations right now? Right. How they interact with products? How they wake up in the morning and cook their meals? What meals they cook? Right. And through that, we understand how they live. We know what really, um, what experiences bring them joy and, and sadness. And we bring that into our work. You know, advertising obviously is something that keeps you on a tour, something you have to keep learning or like engaging in. Uh, you know, after all this time, what keeps you curious, you know, in this whole uh, aspect of work? I think it was Leo Burnett, the man uh, himself, who said Cur curiosity in all aspects of life it is what makes a great advertising person. Right. And okay. I've really taken that to heart. Um, and, and along with that, I believe that it is it is almost mandatory for every human being to be constantly learning, no matter their age, no matter their position, status, mm. whatever. Right. Um, but it also keeps him going because I feel that when I learn, I challenge my assumptions and I grow, right? It's like, you know, you, you, you take a tree, for example, you break it, you put it together, it'll grow stronger, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and I, I feel that that's, and so how do I learn, right? I, is it textbooks? Yes, I did my master's because you have to do your master's, right? Doing an so MBA fun. is almost yeah. a mandatory yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and, and it was great learning from, from, you know, a more sort of formal setting. But when I look back at what I learned through through that whole experience um, in, in doing my master's, I think was more about how to structure my thinking. Okay. Right? How you need to have a logical thinking, how you need to have data to back everything that you say. Mm. That was what was really, really useful for me. And that's something that I use day in, day out today. Mm. Also, again, what I learned a lot from during my master's was um, through my thesis. Which was about, uh, which was, which was something that I think was quite different that a lot of people had not done. And I remember my professor also getting really excited by it, which was about now everybody studies entrepreneurs and ma what makes them successful. Sure. But what I wanted to do was study what makes beta entrepreneurs successful. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I literally went along with my study, sort of my, my, my study partner, I guess. Right. We did this research together. We walked the streets of PETA, right. right? And we identified people who were successful. Businessmen. Yeah. Businessmen. Yeah. And we spoke to them. We talked to them. We had long two, three hour conversations yeah. with them. And, and through those conversations, through understanding their journey and their stories, yeah. we were able to identify certain things that made them successful. So that for me was, was giving back, bringing knowledge, new knowledge back into the world was really exciting. Apart from that, I think it's just these. So earlier I said that I was a hedgehog. Yeah. Right. Now I think my spirit animal has become a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like right. indoors kind of person. No, oh. the kind of cat that's curious and gets into all right. kinds of trouble. Right, 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 right. And wants to try different things and wants to, you know, yeah, do, yeah. Uh, it, it just can't stay in one place. Yeah. Right. Sometimes to your own, uh, you know, fault. <laughs> fault. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. So I think I was trying to, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I've collected experiences like other people collect stamps, right? Okay. So yeah. I've done like a number of different things, whether it is learning how to play the flute, <laughs> right? Okay. The bamboo flute, the South wow. Indian bamboo flute from a master who could not speak any English and right. I could not speak any Tamil. Okay. Right. But I don't know how Somehow. we communicated, but for two years, he was my guru. Wow. Uh, then I have, uh, right now I'm learning horse riding. 
Okay. I have done uh, scuba diving and um, you know, I'm sort of I I love that, right? It's an amazing experience. I love swimming in the ocean. I love water in general. Mm-hmm. So I thought I might as well try my hand at surfing. <laughs> right? Uh well, so better that, country Sri Lanka. You exactly, have all of that. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing experiences. Yeah. I along with traveling, I love camping, right? Um in proper beer grill style, okay. right? So rough it out like rough it out. <laughs> yeah. I am down for anything like, down for anything yeah. and my favorite experiences are when i travel alone so i i just take get off a bus right i just have middle a small backpack middle yeah. of nowhere climb the nearest mountain i can find spend the night and come back right uh-huh. so that, that that kind of thing really really excites me right now my latest passion is calisthenics mm. something i've just recently picked up uh, especially after you know during lockdown yeah had to keep moving home workouts, right? right had yeah, home workouts yeah, had to do something different yeah. And honestly, that kept me going because if not, I would have just gone nuts staying True. at home, right? So just burning whatever energy that you yeah. have. Coffee has become another passion of mine. Like making uh, coffee? Making kind of coffee from, you know, the whole process from brewing, process. like the, the uh, grinding the beans. Exactly. All yeah, of that. I have okay. like one whole shelf <laughs> of, of cupboard space. Right. Uh, re- very important real estate in the kitchen that belongs to all my coffee gadgets. Yeah. So I think what I'm trying to say is that doing all of these different things, right, yeah. from the time from school, from the time I left school to now has really kept me going and given me um, given me new experiences to learn from, right. right? Not only do I learn about myself, I learn about the world and I can bring those experiences back into um, into my work. So some key takeaways, uh, you know, from that conversation we were having, I think it's important to always you know, let your curiosity drive you and don't be afraid to start new things. Be like, more cat. Be more cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though all the dog lovers at home are cursing us. But uh, I think it's important to not be afraid to try new things. I think that's something, uh, especially these days, a lot of people try to evaluate the risk versus benefit too much, right? And even if it's starting a new hobby or starting a new sport, right? they think, okay, do I really have the time for this? <clears throat> Not realizing that these are experiences that kind of shape us as a person, right? And like you could list off, you're like a sort of a jack of all trades. I think you're more the exception, but uh, even if it is trying a different style of working out at home, you know, calisthenics is one, but like, um, you know, hit exercise. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just saying, people. I think these days should be willing to take that risk of right. learning something new, right? right? Um, I, I want to sort of segue into what you've learned. You know, you've been in the industry for quite some time. Some lessons that you've taken away from, you know, the best brands or marketers, um, things that you have learned. Sure. Um, so again, um, traveling around, meeting so many different people. I think that has really shaped um, how I work, what I sort of what I believe and what's really important to me. Right. Early on in my career, there was a guy by the name of Cash Shri. Okay. He was uh, he was um, not the accountant. No, 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 no. (laughs) I think he was an Indian, but he was working in the US and he was behind a very famous award winning um, multiple award winning um, campaign called Shadow Running and many more. Right. Many more, right? I remember he uh, hearing a speech that he had made, mm-hmm. which was, again, I think which has really kind of driven my approach uh, to life and to learning, right? Which mm-hmm. was about trying new things, mm-hmm. okay? And and that's kind of what I've been doing 
my entire life and what I've been telling other people to do, right? Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know it. That's fine. You can learn, right? Um, because the more you try, the more you do, the the stronger you will become. The more experiences you can draw from, mm-hmm. right? And 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 it helps you face your fears, right? And I remember on stage, he said, "How many of you guys have been to prison?" I was in prison. <laughs> Let's not go there. Uh, how many of you guys yeah. have have faced your fear? I'm terribly afraid of heights, but that hasn't stopped me from you know traversing the top of a mountain or whatever, um, or bungee jumping for that matter. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I would never. <laughs> yeah, not when you're afraid of heights. <laughs> yeah. Nightmare. <laughs> um, and 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 it's those sort of experiences. I think um, along with the people that I've met, I think another really amazing strong mentor of mine was a lady who's no more with us uh, by the name of Yasmin Ahmed. Okay. I remember uh, she is a guru of advertising. Uh, she comes from Malaysia. Right. Uh, she essentially made Petronas a household name, not oh. just in Malaysia, but around, right. the, around the world, right? Through her, through her communication, that was really about people. It was not about brand. End of the day, it's not about trying to sell more oil. Petronas is an oil company, yeah. right? It was about how brands not just petronas but how brands can relate to people inspire people to do things uh to do things differently i remember going to the uh picking her up from the airport one day she had come to sri lanka right and it was late in the night i think and i was in my boss's car she was at the back seat. She rolled down the windows, stuck her entire body out <laughs> and howled at the moon. <laughs> what? What, what an introduction <laughs> to meeting someone. Exactly, yeah. right? The whole thing was be yourself. If you want to howl at the moon, just howl at the moon. Don't be afraid of what other people think. Yeah. No, honestly, we sometimes box ourselves in too much because we think, okay, what's this person going to say? What is that person going to say? And that kind of limits us in trying things that we're naturally even good at. You know, even if it's someone who's, you know, studied accounts their whole life, who suddenly wants to do dancing, you know, they might think it's too late for me, but man, this is something like, there's no age that you stop learning. Like exactly. you're saying, right. The, the journey is, is consistent and school and university aren't the only places we learn. We learn right. at life. Like right. you've. I, I, I will always tell, tell my team, right. The best learning is by doing right. Because through doing uh, anything, anything right it doesn't mean textbook learning it doesn't mean you know learning data science or whatever it is right mm-hmm. just do something anything and yeah. keep doing it through that you will meet people and you will automatically learn yeah so I that's mean, kind of driven everything that i've been I doing, guess, doing this so far. Yeah. Um, at this point i would like to sort of touch on uh, a recent shift that you've uh, made after over two decades in the advertising industry you've Again, taking that risk, I would say, of learning something new and challenging yourself by going into consulting and uh, entering Stacks as a global consulting firm. What was what was the driving uh, thoughts behind making that switch? I felt I was becoming more hedgehog. Again, right? okay. um, I I was um, probably um, I enjoyed really enjoyed what I was doing, but I felt there was much more to learn. Mm-hmm. Right, I was becoming too comfortable. Um, and, and and I know um, maybe I could have done it sooner. I don't know. But whatever it is, I decided um, that it's time for me to learn. So I, I, lear- I, I was learning a lot about branding and marketing, but I wanted to learn about business, right? I wanted to learn how businesses can 
you know, leverage and, and drive growth. I want to learn about technology. I want to learn about what's happening in the world outside of Sri Lanka. Right. All right. And the, the amazing thing about Stacks is that we are working with private equity firms uh, who are investing in the Fortune 500 companies of the next 10 years. Wow. So they are literally at the cutting edge, mm. right? They are seeing what's going to come, what's yeah. new, uh, what's exciting, what's going to drive and shift the world, yeah. right? Um, and, and that's really amazing. We're helping them make those decisions. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I was like, even before Stacks, I was like, okay, what can I do differently that puts me outside my comfort zone? But kind of still same, similar territory, which was mm. about, you know, um, understand. Honestly, I guess... Whatever I do, whether I was in advertising or whether whether I'm in in consultancy at Stacks, is about trying to help businesses grow. It's about trying to understand what problems they have and how can we help solve those problems. Mm. Right, that's fundamentally the core and the kind of common denominator. Yeah. So I thought it would be a natural shift for me, and I, I think I was blessed enough to to be accepted by Stacks almost two years ago now. Yeah. Okay, that's incredible. Um, as someone who is, you know in branding and, uh, you know, in this space, I just want to ask a quick question. What do you think most brands could do that could seriously up their game? Mm -hmm. You know, as someone who's been somewhat of an expert, I would say, um, what do you think someone at home today, even if it's a personal brand or even if it's an organization, what do you think they could do that could just seriously up their game? I, I think, uh, firstly, I'm no expert. There are many more experts out there that you can learn from. And I think that's the key point, yeah. right? <clears throat> Identify people, right, who you can learn from, right? Okay. Whether it is people who are bringing new thinking into the world of marketing and branding. Yeah. People like, I don't know, um, Mark Ritson, right. uh, Professor Byron Sharp, right? These are yeah. people who are uh, really kind of challenging preconceived notions. Um, they're saying, you know, we always used to think that we have to segment the market. Now people are saying we don't need to segment yeah, the market, yeah. right? Why are they saying what's driving that? Yeah. When you think about it, marketing is a really young field compared to, you know, astronomy, um, yeah. arithmetics, uh, you know, <clears throat> sciences. The boom and, of the internet sort of created yeah, what it, it is. It's just like, what Philip Kotler came out with his book in the, what, 70s, 80s, 80s I think. Okay. So it's really young, okay. okay, compared to some of the old sciences. So yeah. there's a lot that we, we still don't still know. know about it. And I think identifying and learning from experts around the world becomes really important. Mm. Number one. The second thing I would say is to keep things really simple. Right. We sometimes overcomplicate it, too much jargon, too mm -hmm. much, you know, overthinking. Yeah. Uh, we used to have a sign on our in our office that said, um, "The larger the slide deck, the more the bullshit." <laughs> yeah. Right. Longer the workshop, the less you learn anything. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I know you guys do yeah. workshops all the time. But uh, sometimes it's important to be focused and really boil down to what matters and where you can really drive value. Mm -hmm. Okay, so sometimes you have too many formats, too many presentations, too many frameworks, yeah. right, uh, that really distract from the core problem that you're trying to solve. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes using, uh, you know, lesser tools, even if that is what it takes to derive, you know, the ideas or the brainstorming that needs to happen. Keeping it simple, I think, Absolutely. works for every single, you know, problem that we're facing. Um, right. I just want to maybe ask you if there's anything you'd like um, to tell our audience about, you know, from your years of experience or something in life that you learned, something a mentor shared that really stayed with you and shapes who you are. Sure. Uh, what would that be? 
recently I came across this uh, Japanese concept uh, called Ikigai. Okay, and and the the Japanese are just kind of masters at what they do mm. in every field, including advertising. Right, their their work doesn't get as much recognition in um, in sort of the global stage as much as it should. Mm. But the way they think is just fantastic. So Ikigai is the whole concept of trying to understand uh, what would drive meaning in your life. Okay, okay, and it's really simple. Really, it kind of combines. um what you're good at right. what you're passionate about what the world needs and what you will get paid to do those four things those four, four things, things kind of intersect into what ikigai is all about right once you understand that um it can really f- drive everything that you do mm-hmm. and and we used the concept of ikigai recently to um to create an internship program okay uh, at our organization That's, okay right right Yeah. So it can drive what you what you do in life. It can drive your next career choice. It can drive the next book you read. It can mm. drive the next hobby you want to pick up. Yeah, right. It's applicable so, in every it's every sector. Okay. Everything that you do. Yeah. Um, check it out. It's called Ikigai. Ikigai. So yeah. it's uh, I K I G A I. Yes, right? I believe so. Ikigai. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating. Like I think this question about purpose yeah. is something a lot of people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Even like you know whatever age you're at, am I fulfilling my purpose? and in as someone who has kind of done a lot of things how did you like find what you're naturally good at i don't know what i'm good at honestly Still, i don't know yeah. right and and that kind of drives me i feel i i don't as, as many as uh, you know the pursuits have i've kind of followed whether it's archery or music or whatever it is right i don't think i'm really good at any of them okay but i f- sometimes think that's okay mm. um because my whole thing is the more i try the more i do the more i learn and the more i grow right so i don't know what my purpose is in life yeah. and 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 it's fine right everybody says you have to have a purpose you need to have this kind of large overriding statement that drives everything that you do mm. but as long as you're enjoying what you do as long as it gives meaning to you i think that's fine yeah are you in pursuit of you know still learning you're still learning about yourself Correct. i think uh, that's also something key like we think we figured ourselves out but like every year we sort of become more us right? exactly right? exactly the more you do the more you learn about, yourself. about yourself i feel that what drives me now and what i really enjoy is sharing everything that i've learned with with youngsters right okay. i feel that um if i had a mentor when i was younger hmm right and i did have many mentors throughout my life but maybe yeah. at the stage that i needed if i had a mentor i could have done something completely different right mm-hmm. and i think it's really important for youngsters to have uh, a mentorship and to learn and i have opportunities to learn from others right um so yeah i think that really gives me kind of joy right now at this stage in my life at least so you would uh, advocate in the sense to have that sort of someone older who's you know done uh, different jobs or like who's gone through maybe your own industry right. who can really give you that advice you need right and i feel also a, a a leader the leaders that i'm learning from right they are not just executors anymore they are educators yeah right that, and that the best leader yeah. is somebody who can change their way of working hmm. right it's not just about delegation it's not just about you know making sure somebody does what they need to do and has all the tools to do it right. it's about seeing whether that person is growing 
right? My, my boss used to always say, if you become obsolete, that's fantastic. You have to make yourself obsolete, right? Because the next person then has room to grow into what you are doing. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Work towards obsolation is uh, <laughs> something I will definitely remember. Uh, this has been a fantastic conversation, Murtaza. We really appreciate uh, you coming here and uh, giving us your time. Um, thank you to all of us who joined in also uh, watching this episode. Uh, this has been another fascinating uh, conversation filled with insights here at The Learning Curve. Uh, join us next week uh, for a whole new episode. Thank you to Murtaza once again. Oh, it's my and, pleasure. Okay. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of The Learning Curve. We hope you have found inspiration that's going to help you on your personal journey of learning. Stay tuned every week as we drop more episodes featuring other incredible guests and delving into deeper topics. You can always follow us on our socials uh, on Instagram via Snapark Global as we drop newer, fresher content. Stay tuned for more.